Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it's Sunday, November 26th. Not November 26th, that's wrong. It's November 27th, (laughs) and it's late. And that's kind of my fault. Anyways, we got more DC for y'all. I think this may be a short little episode, but it's still going to be a good one. We're going to review Sandman episode, what is it, episode six? six? Yep. Yes. Episode six, Sound of Her Wings, and episode 11, Dream of a Thousand Cats forward slash Calliope. And I had to write it down the way that it sounds because I call it something different all the time. So... (laughs) So yeah, well, let's start with episode, uh, before that, real quick, just letting y'all know that I bought Guardians of the Galaxy for PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. The game, yes. I found it on sale Black Friday for like 15 bucks, so I went ahead and bought it. So I'm going to try to start playing that and like maybe stream it or something like that so I can like jump in on y'all's like game review that we hopefully will do in the future sometime of that. So that'll be fun. I have it re-downloaded on my computer, so I I had... (laughs) I'm going Don't to be, lie to us, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be my thing this week, because I'm going to be getting back on that. Because it's a fun game. It is a fun game. I'll find out. I've already <laughs> done all the, the updating. I did that on Thanksgiving Day. I just, I kept coming back to the room and just update, update, update. Yeah, I was about to say, it probably took all day, didn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. That, uh, just just a comic pasta, like, side note, like... <laughs> I love the PlayStation, but my God, is there like updates? Like every time I turn my PlayStation on, there's an update. Right? And I'm like, what? What are y'all updating? Like just updates on updates. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. I just kept hitting start, and it was like, oh, here's an update. But you can play without it. I was like, no, fuck that noise. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know something's not gonna act right if you don't do it. Right. All right. Episode six. Sound of her wings. Well, meters, guys, what was y'all's thoughts on this episode? Uh, well, did, do we want to do like a quick synopsis of it before we do? Sure, one? yeah, we can do that. Um, episode six, <laughs> we get to meet the sister Death, and we get to basically like Dream is feeling very uh, empty, almost like with no purpose, and Death kind of walks him through a day of her life to show like the meaning of his life, essentially, and what his tie is with the waking world also in this episode we get a combination of sandman issue 13 i believe it is and that issue is called men of good fortune and we meet a character by the name of hob gadling who goes by other names as the episode goes on Uh, and he says he's not gonna die and the endless grant him that wish and so him and dream have a meeting every hundred years at a bar (laughs) so that's pretty much that episode And and just so you know, that those synopsises, those are more for me than anybody else. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, what's your well meter, Jeremy? Uh, on on that one, mine... not my synopsis though. On the actual episode, like, <laughs> yeah, my synopsis suck. <laughs> um, for that episode, I I was honestly just kind of whelmed. It was one that seemed to to drag on a bit and uh, it's I guess it's just that I don't know it, it was it was an okay like and but also it, it knocked me down on the whelm because 
they didn't had to show the baby dying. I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just whelmed on that one. Richard, what say you? Uh, I'm pleasantly whelmed. This is probably my second favorite episode. I just like this one a lot. This one's very emotional and deals with, like I said, the like moral quandaries that is, like, what does it mean to be human? And all this stuff. I mean, that's kind of what Sandman is, is basically a, a, a god learning to be more human. But anyway, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm going to go with, I, I want to initially say overly well, honestly, because like the whole like death episode part of this was like very emotional for me. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, and I really enjoyed the, actually the Hob story too, but the Hob felt the like kind of drag on some. And so I didn't really like that a whole lot. So I'm going to stick with like highly, ple- like I, the the higher end of pleasantly well. So yeah. That's that's where I'm at. Is the the high end of that. So, but uh, so Jeremy, you're saying that you know it felt like it was dragging along. What did you not like then? What was it? What part was dragging along for you? Well, I, I think I I agree with you on the the what's his name Goblin guy whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> goblin guy. <laughs> what? I'm William, totally confused. William Defoe is not in this. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, his his name was kind of close. It was G- Gadling. G- Gadling, yes. Gadling, yeah. Hob Gadling. Okay. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, that was what what initially first came to my mind whenever he said Hob Gadling. I was like, well, Hobgoblin? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, nice Spider-Man pool. Yeah. But the journey with death was... Very interesting to me. Like I, I did enjoy that part of it, and just seeing her spin on her role and her function. Because it, 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 if any, like, <laughs> if anybody would have the right to just feel down about themselves and just terrible about their job, their whatever, their yep. purpose, it'd be her. Mm-hmm. And of course, she does say in there for a minute that she did have that moment. But I liked how they that she spun it and like that. She needs them as much as they need her. And, you know, it's not the the whole thing of, you know, you're, she's the last thing that they see and that it's always depressing, but it's it's more that she turned it into that she gets to hold their hand while they do it. She gets to help them feel better about making about crossing over and that kind of thing. So that that part of it I, I enjoyed. Dream just feeling like like throwing his little pity party or whatever. I was like, okay, come on now. <laughs> like you can create whatever the heck you want to. So why? I mean, just get over it. <laughs> yeah. Morpheus is just an emo like brother <laughs> at this point <laughs> in this episode. He's so emo. <laughs> My wife was watching with me. Like this was like, she, she missed uh, the first five. Like she didn't watch those with me, but she watched this one and she was like, why does he look like he's always wanting to kiss somebody? because this is the way he like puckers his lips yeah I think that's just his face (laughs) which by the way like I want to say real quick before we get to Richard the casting again like death's casting was freaking I thought that was great you know people kind of gave a fuss about some of the the gender swaps and the race swaps and stuff like that in the series but like I think they did an amazing job with this like 
again, Dream freaking looks like Dream from the comics. Even his like very tight face, like you're talking about, he's all puckered <laughs> up or whatever all the time. And then Death, like she doesn't look like she does completely from the comics, but I don't think they could have cast anybody better. Like her personality and stuff like that, and the way they spun the story, I thought was great. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. One of my notes is Kirby Howell Baptiste as death. Great casting again. Yeah. In the comics, she's a like a white goth chick. Yep. But she still wears the like in the show, she wears like all black and has an onk that's like her symbol. And yeah. Anyway, they pretty much captured the same like the way the character is. Once again, I followed along like in the comics while I was watching this episode and a lot of it is just straight up the comic brought to life again like word for word some of the speech bubbles like are the same that are said in this episode and it's just it's really great awesome yeah and I'll, I'll say again like I agree on like her casting there because she had, she had a very uplifting personality like it wasn't over over the top or just it was just just right there like perfectly level for to help help the the people crossing over and just very comforting. Well, to speak on that, like her, her smile, like every time that she took somebody, like got somebody to hold her hand and stuff like that, they almost, the way they did the camera was almost like you were that person. Like Mm. you were the one looking at death at that point in time. And like her smile, it was very inviting. Like she had a very pleasant, like calming face. You know what I mean? And so, like, I don't know. I I just kind of, like, caught that whenever I was watching it. And also, um, of course, I hadn't read the comic or anything. So her coming in, I had honestly had no idea who she was. And it wasn't until, like, the old the first one, the old man there, I was like, oh, she's death. And, like, it was just, I mean, I obviously knew she was an endless because she said he was her brother and everything. But I wasn't sure which one. Yeah. So it just, it was another one of those that, like, I was I was glad they didn't didn't make it seem so depressing to be death. Yeah. Like she she was still just an enjoyable presence to be around. Yeah. Really likes apples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for uh was it Franklin? Yeah. <laughs> the guy that's like kind of flirting with her and she's like, Oh, I'll see you later. And it's like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said the same thing to my wife. I said, oh man, that sucked. And, and at that point in time, I don't think my wife, like, she definitely didn't know that that was death, but she had no idea who that person even could be. Like, because nobody had crossed over anything at that point in time. She just said, oh yeah, I'll see you here in a bit. And I was just like, oh. So, yeah. Yep. Which of the, the deaths, because there were several throughout this. Which of the deaths really caught y'all? Like, tugged on your heartstrings or whatever the case is. Well, obviously, like I said at the beginning, heard one of the main ones was the was the baby. Like, I was just had that having kids of my own and that type of thing. Obviously, that kind of kind of hit a different different chord, and especially just being so young. I know it happens, and it's a sad realization. But that one, and uh, trying to remember exactly which one, all the ones that we had. You had the old guy playing the piece of music. The honeymoon couple, Franklin, the baby. I think that there's was a there's a homeless person that like OD'd. Oh yeah. There's a old lady that like dies in the hospital. There's um a kid that gets shot in the alleyway. Yeah, that's oh, it. There, yeah. I was supposed to say there's somebody that got shot. I couldn't remember. I think that's it. I was yeah. So I think really the main two ones were for me were the 
the baby and then the older man, the first one. Yeah. He, and he just, went so peacefully. He did, but like it was at the same time, it was just like it was I think it was partly just that first realization of who she was and that that whole moment there just kind of uh, yeah. kind of got me. So Yeah, same. The to me, I wrote down the the death scene with Harry, that's the first guy, that's his name, is very moving and emotional. Like that's my note for that. Like it's just so I don't know. Yeah. Like his realization when he's like, Oh, like, cause she's like, you know who I am. And then he realizes, Oh, it's death. And he's like, wait, no, I I need. And then he like turns and looks and sees himself. And he's like, yeah. I look so old. Yeah. And then, you know, he's happy that he's Jew, you know, he was Jewish and he says like the prayer and he's like, you know, my father always told me to say it. And that would let you enter into heaven if you believe in that sort of thing. And, Anyway, yeah, and then the other one to me was the 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 newlyweds. Like it, they, that's something that wasn't yeah. in the comic that they added for the show. And man, does it hammer like hit you like that? And then the baby one, they just like hammer you over the head with like sadness. <laughs> like Morpheus, even like the uh, the actor that plays Morpheus, even kind of like it's just a subtle little thing, but he himself is shocked at the baby moment, if you yeah. look. Like, you can kind of see it in, like, there's, like, a twitch in his eye. <laughs> yeah, so the married couple is the one that's on the beach, right? Right. Because yeah. I, I didn't catch that they were newlyweds. I didn't catch that. But that's what y'all talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he says that they're on their honeymoon. Okay, okay. I'm, I missed that. I missed that completely. So, the baby one, of course, gets me. I got kids and stuff like that. So, like, the baby one, of course, gets me. But it would have... I probably would have possibly broke down and I'd heard the mom screaming. And I think at the yes. point in time when she was going to start getting hysterical, they cut the scene. And mm. I'm just like, like in my heart, I was like, oh, thank God they did that. And then at the same time, like I'd already heard it in my head. Like I already, I was already anticipating that. Yeah. The, uh, the comic, it like, it shows her go no. And she drops the, the baby bottle and like milk goes everywhere. And then she's like crying on the floor it oh, like God. they don't shy away from it at all, <laughs> and it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm with y'all. Like I'm so happy that they cut away from it in the uh, Netflix adaptation. But then, like the freaking the newlywed couple got me too, because like bro was on the beach, thought he was headed back to his wife, yeah. and like I didn't even know he was dead at that point in time, because like the the death scenes before that, you know, I want to say it was Harry that was right before that, was it not? Yeah, yeah, it was. And so like she came up to him and was like having a conversation with him and stuff like that. And there was no implication that he had died until after he had said the prayer. But then when you get to the newlyweds, like he's on the beach and he's already, like he's already drowned. Mm -hmm. Like it's already yeah. done and over with. And it's like, wow. Like it just, it hit me hard. Cause I was just like, dang, that's crazy. Just crazy. Yeah. What did y'all think of the wing effect? Like when she would go into another yeah. room or something like that and you'd see the shadow and all that jazz. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. The The comic, there's like internal monologue with Morpheus talking about the sounds of her wings, hence the title of the both the issue and the name of this episode. And I just love it. I love the sound mm -hmm. design because he talks about how heavy it sounds, like the sound that her wings make. It's a very heavy noise and it's just great. Yeah, I totally agree. Just uh, again, not knowing it was coming but like seeing it there, the shadow on the background and then actually hearing that sound, I was like, oh, that was really cool. So 
did either one of y'all were y'all able to watch it any kind of like surround sound? No. No, yeah, I don't I don't have one. I got you. So I was able to, and like the bass just kicks in with those wings. Oh, so like man. if you have a chance to watch this, this goes for y'all, audience, whoever. You have a chance to watch it with surround sound or a subwoofer of some kind, definitely do that because it just I think it just makes it even more dramatic. Like it's I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. So <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's move on over to the second half of the episode then with Hob Gadling. Is that his name? Gadling? Gadling? <laughs> yes. I, this was probably, this This knocked me down a few pegs just because I felt like it was really slow. Um, I thought it was quite funny. Morpheus was not getting what he thought he anticipated because he was like, oh yeah, in a century, this guy's going to be begging for it. And like, he just kept going. He was like, no, this is amazing. <laughs> Even at his worst time in life, yeah. he's yeah. like, yeah. Fuck that. No, I don't want to die. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, I love I love that moment. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> the look on Morpheus's face. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> so did Joanna Constantine in this throw y'all off? Uh, yeah, it did for me a little bit. I was, no, I was like that. This, I'm guessing that was a like a descendant or so she's or, yeah. or I guess ancestor at that point. Yeah, we we kind of talked about it last week that Morpheus mentions how he ran into a Constantine in the past and that this was like a descendant and in the comic it's Joanna Constantine and then yeah. in the future it's John Constantine Yeah. Right. so this they just use Jenna Coleman and it's not the same character it is supposed to be a descendant the only problem with using Jenna Coleman is I know <laughs> for like people watching it who don't know they're like is that the same person because it's played by the same person no it's supposed to be like her great grandmother or something like that yeah that's what I was hoping and I wish they would have clarified that more honestly I wish they would have been like yeah I wish in the earlier episode when we saw the modern day Joanna yeah that she would have been like oh yeah I'm named after my great grandmother or for her namesake or whatever this case is or Morpheus could say, like, you look just like your great-grandmother or something like yeah. that. Yes, yes, something just because we're dealing with a man who has infinite life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now you're bringing in a character that we've already seen, but it was in modern day. So I could definitely see even even myself having read these comics and stuff like that. And I haven't read the Joanna one yet, but I know of the difference between Joanna and John. Like thinking, okay, did they change it up? Did they give her immortality? Like, but she acted totally like she didn't know him mm-hmm. in the modern day episode. So I was like, no, yeah. she had to be named, done for the namesake. Yep. They also mention I. This is another thing that, like, in the previous episode we talked about, like our previous episode that we talked about how there there's little things that they talk about or mention, but they don't address it at all. In this first season, there's something that I think will happen next season. And it's when he's talking with Hob Gadling, I forget what year it is at this point, but he mentions that after they had their first encounter with Joanna Constantine, he's like, Oh, I I acquired her services to do something for me. So I'm assuming that will be something for a later season. I hope yeah. so because I think she's great. Like, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah, I was hoping that we'd see more of her during the season. I, I did think it was kind of interesting throwing the William Shakespeare in there. Like I, I didn't catch that at first when we first started talking to him. And then he, like later, he actually said William Shakespeare. I was like, oh, that's who that was. 
<laughs> it was uh, what was Will Shaxberg? Yeah, yeah. that's what uh, yeah. what Hob Gavin called him. <laughs> yeah, and that too is a thing that will be addressed. Like it gets addressed later on in another issue of Sandman. What he did with Shakespeare, and oh, really? I'm assuming that will be something for a later season as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, especially emphasizing that that he wants to make people dream and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So. Were y'all expecting Dream to get so pissed off about Hob saying basically like you just need a friend, buddy? Like that's the, <laughs> yeah. you just wanted a friend, and here I am, and that's why we keep doing this little dance. Like you just wanted a friend. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite get that one. I wasn't really sure why he got so upset about it. I guess he got offended because he's an endless, and he doesn't need some mere mortal <laughs> to yeah. like keep him accountable or whatever. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess like I could, I could see that just thinking about it out loud now, but I didn't, I, at first I was like, well, what's, what's wrong with having a buddy? I mean, <laughs> you carry a freaking crow around with you anyway. So, yeah. I mean this, the whole point of the Sandman, the Neil Gaiman, like I said, is like, and this feels the, the another reason why I like this episode is it feels very like a doctor who episode. It's like this, godlike man is learning how like the ants go about their day-to-day lives and how like what's so great about being human like uh there's a line from one of the old doctor who's that i love where you know doctor who says you know sorry this is like turning into a doctor who (laughs) podcast but anyway um he talks about how he's like thousands of years old and and the person replies back oh you must you must think we look like ants and he's like no i think you look like giants and i love that line because it's our little it's also kind of like i'm trying to put it into words and i'm just thinking of things that make me think of it but like vision in age of ultron when he says, like, something's not beautiful because it can last forever. Something's beautiful because, you know, it's there and then it's gone. That's what this is. Like, this story is very much like Morpheus is learning what's so beautiful about humanity. And, like, they kind of mention that with death at the first half where death is like, no, you should see, they, they see you on your terms when they come to the dreaming, but you should see them on their terms on Earth. Well, and it was also, I'm glad they put these two together, honestly. Yes. And they were very much like nice one-off stories in the comics and stuff like that that paired up really well because they're almost essentially like exact opposites. Like you spend the first half of the episode with death and she's taking people away. Yeah. And then the last half, you've got one man who's been (laughs) granted eternal life essentially or until like until he's just done, until he's just tired of living. And Mm -hmm. he says, all right, cut me off. I'm done. Like total polar opposites. So, all right, y'all got anything else for this? Because I, uh, yes, I um I forgot to mention when the death episode they were talking about the prodigal is still missing. They're referring to a sibling. I'm just gonna slightly spoil it. It's destruction. He has gone missing. Oh, so that is another thing that will probably get addressed. I would assume the third season, but I don't know for sure. That's cool. I didn't even, I wrote down who is the prodigal, but then I was like, that might get answered in the other episodes. It does not. Okay. That's why I looked it up. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's very cool because I didn't even know you said destruction. Destruction. I didn't even know that was an endless. Yes. So, and there are like seven of them. 
he is the fourth oldest, and there are, I think it's either seven or eight. It's seven. Okay. Look at me. He's doing stuff. <laughs> I did like I did like the ending. I did like that, you know, I hated that Dream was captured during their other 100th, and he, you know, the guy was like, oh, I guess I got stood up kind of thing. But that Dream, like, made it up. Yeah. And like came back. I love the way they ended it where he's like, I, I've heard it's rude to leave a friend waiting. Like I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the ending of this. Yeah. And the ending is once again, word for word, the ending to the comic as well. So it's just really cool. Like oh, Gaiman cool. really did like, we're just going to make the comic into live action. <laughs> you know, that was something that I wanted to say last time around that like we've talked about before how do you want to see exactly what's on the page? Because then you already know what's going to happen. And my rebuttal to that is, is that like, if it's a good story, like if it's one of those that I thoroughly, then yes, I want to see like panel for panel live action of what that book is. Now, like Sherry becoming the Black Panther. I mean, seeing T'Challa in Limbo. Yeah, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. But like the actual adventure Shuri had and then seeing Morlon, like, no, I don't want to see any of that. And I know <laughs> Richard doesn't, but no, like, absolutely not. No, <laughs> but th- this is kind of like the perfect thing to sit there. And when people sit there and say, you know, do you really want to see exactly what's on the pages? Like, yes, watch Sandman. I, I exactly. I want to see what is exactly on the pages. Uh, yeah, I'll, I agree. Like there's so many of the ones that and I'll go back to the Harry Potter stuff. I mean. Seeing, watching those, like reading the books and then seeing the movies and then obviously asking anybody who's read the books and enjoys them what you thought of the fourth movie, they would just destroy that movie because it was at, like, it just, <laughs> it was like nothing like the book. And Which one's the fourth movie? Goblet of Fire. Okay, okay. The, the like, big tournament and then all yeah, that no, stuff. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Harry Potter, did you put your name in the <laughs> goblet? Like, that's the one I know. That, like, yes. Anyway, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so I I see it more as a whenever you read these, granted, comics is is a little bit different. Like you know, a lot of the books, obviously, books don't don't have any of the pictures or anything. So you you have that played in your head and what you what your imagination brings to life. And then in, even in the comics, still some. I mean, you have a picture, but you're still some of it's playing in your head. Like you're still creating what the images leave out. And for me personally, I, I, I like it better whenever they take that same story and ex- just give it that full life. And so that you can actually see everything that happens instead of just those little glimpses. Yeah. So I can't take credit for this, but Benny from Comic Story, and he does like a YouTube video with uh, Sal from Comic Pop and a bunch of other people. Um, they were talking about something similar and he brought up a good point and I'm going to reiterate this because it's absolutely true. Anime and manga do this all the damn time where <laughs> the manga like is the comic version and then the anime is exact the exact same thing happens that happened in the manga just in animation form. Yeah. And people love that shit. Like they they're like, "Oh, this is amazing. I can't wait to see it in like, not technically live action, but in animation form. And I don't understand why, why like in America, 
like when we adapt comic books for movies or television, they always have to change stuff. And it yeah. drives me nuts. If something works, keep it the same. If it's muddied or messied, and that's what they did with this. There's certain things that they did change that doesn't quite work. And they changed it for like modern time or whatever it may be. Yeah. But for the most part, it's identical to the comic. And that's why it's so, I think it's so good. But anyway. Well, and then having like, like we were talking about in the first, you know, six episodes, five, it's five episodes. Five, yeah. You know, just some of those panels just brought to life. It's freaking amazing. And we have that capability now to like be able to do that. So like, why not bring those panels to freaking life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like another, another good, like, example is Captain America Civil War. So that was a huge story in Marvel Comics. And we kind of got that story in the movie. And I understand they had to like consolidate it because a movie compared to God knows how many issues of Marvel Comics in general. But everybody wanted to see that one cover. I think it's Civil War number seven, if I'm not mistaken. But it's Iron Man freaking using his repulsor rays Um, against Captain America's shield. It's that I like that is freaking iconic. And we got that and everybody they stopped on it. Like in the movie fan service. This is what you wanted to see from this. Here you go. There's that. So like, yes, people want to see the good stuff from the panels. Like that's what we want. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay. Let's go on to episode 11. I'm going to change it up for y'all just a little bit only because this is like two titles and we got two different stories. So, we're going to start off with Dreams of a Thousand Caps. Uh, sorry, I just realized I didn't mention the actual run time. Oh, yeah. I've been doing these, and I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't mention it. So, the actual <laughs> run time for The Sound of Her Wings is the... So, the run time that they say is 53 minutes, 16 seconds, but the actual run time is 49 minutes, 13 seconds. There you go, people. Listen to an hour. Sit your <laughs> ass down. Watch some TV. It's good for you. Right. <laughs> I will be interested to hear your timing, though, on this next one, because it's so awkward. It's so weird. And the, the, the fucking story is weird anyways. Yes. But yeah. Dream of a Thousand Cats, episode 11. This is the first half of it. And there's even like, once you get done with this story, they pull up a whole new title card and it's like a whole nother episode. Yeah. Like, before I just go on a rant here. Okay, <laughs> Jeremy, what is your whelming of this? This of just dream of a thousand cats, just underwhelmed, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I started the that sh- the, this episode, and I was like, I had to like click pause to make sure, like, I, that I was watching Sandman. Like, the title <laughs> came back up because I was yeah. like, I did click the right thing, didn't I? And so, like, I had to actually pause it and check, and I was like. What the crap is happening here? Like <laughs> this is this isn't love, death, and robots, is it? Did I accidentally <laughs> click something? <laughs> That's just it came. I was like this because it was all in CG and just I, I was like, what? What? I, I don't know. And it was just a weird, weird story. And out of, it seems like out of no, like out of left field, and it has no tie into the second part of this episode. And so it's just like, why have this? What fresh hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, me too. Like, I was underwhelmed <laughs> by this episode. I like, uh, anyway, we'll get into that. But um, Dream of a Thousand Cats, I'm underwhelmed. It's fucking weird. 
There's a guy that murders a bunch of kittens. Yeah. He's a goddamn monster. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I fucking hate this episode. And I too am like, what's the point of? And once again, the comic. There's an issue from the comic that's called labeled this, and it's just this issue. It's fucking bizarre. The only thing I can think of is it's, is it's just to explain that. Morpheus is the king of dreams. So anything that dreams, that includes animals, people, whatever, fish, do fish dream? Who knows? Um, <laughs> Morpheus is the king of their dreams. And that's the only thing that I can take away from it. But anyway, we'll, we'll dive more into it when we, when we talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was whelmed underly, like meh. Yeah. I was in between. I was, I was just in that meh. Because again, like y'all, the 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 video itself threw me off because I was like, "Oh, we're not live people anymore. We're like <laughs> cartoon world, and what? and our cats don't even move our lips or anything like that. So like, it's just all hearsay." This is also a bonus episode. <laughs> like when this was being released, it was just episodes one through ten, and then I want to say two to three weeks later, they were like, "Surprise! You get a bonus eleventh episode." And the reason why I think it's CGI is just to like working with real cats or making like lifelike CGI cats would have been like way expensive and cost way too much time and money and stuff like that. Anyway, I'll let you get back to your thing, Michael. Well, but I also want to say like, I want to, I want to talk to the guy who thought it was a good idea to throw this one in there. At least this first half. Like, that would be Neil well, Gaiman. Like, like we we like I haven't finished the whole series, but I like so far it's going really well. So why not just leave it alone? <laughs> yeah, the so the only thing that I could actually get from this episode is that like what I took away from it was that if enough people dream it, it'll come true. Like if if you want to change the the, the way to change the world is to dream, is for enough people to dream of a world a certain way and then it will progress that way. That's the only thing that I could actually get from this possible episode. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that's the other thing that's just why I don't like it. It's so bizarre is it's like, are they implying that cats did or are they, is it, it's metaphorical. Like, are they implying (laughs) that like, cause like cats, like actual like house cats are done from domesticating like wild animals and then breeding them over thousands of years to where they're little tiny little cats. Yeah. Are they implying that no, there was a point where house cats were as big as fucking houses (laughs) (laughs) and they hunted humans and just a thousand humans got together and dreamed up a world where it didn't happen or are they being metaphorical and just saying that like, man eventually learned to create like you know technology and then eventually domesticated animals that's the other part that's just kind of muddied up and messed up and why i just don't like this episode at all <laughs> yeah I, I i didn't like the drowning of the kittens that that yeah yeah that, that was, was just terrible. my wife was sitting next to me she was like oh, he's gonna kill the kitties like <laughs> and my wife doesn't even like cats so <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I was just like, wow, bro. Like, you know, I mean, you sit there and you see the horror stories of people leaving cats on the side of the road and, you know, all these freaking baby cats just start coming out of the woods and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, those poor cats. But like, really, like, you straight up like mob murk these kittens. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and like I said, my wife 
these were the two episodes that the first two episodes that she watched. So oh, no. first one you get a baby dying, <laughs> and the next one you get kittens killed. It's like, well, guess we're not watching this one anymore together. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, like I just, I mean, I could sit there and see like back in caveman days and stuff like that, where they had to worry about like lions and tigers and stuff like that, and. We'll go ahead and throw bears in there because why not? Oh my! Oh, yeah, oh, dang it. Like, you, you took it from me. <laughs> my bad. And, and you know they would get eaten by them and stuff like that. I I did think that the imagery of like a cat playing with a human, I thought that was pretty great. I'm not gonna lie, like it was weird and stuff yeah. like that. It, it kind of took me to like Attack on Titan anime kind of stuff, but like I still <laughs> yeah. thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I agree. And like the whole ending there too, where they made like such a big dramatic music of, of the other little kitten, his like final dream there. <laughs> but then all that leaves me wondering, like whenever I see my dog doing their little chasing thing, like in their dreams, like is he chasing me in his dream and about to eat me up in his dream? I, I don't know. He is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I my note just said like, and this is how cats will rule the world one day. <laughs> Hey, dogs versus cats. It's been a thing. So you better yeah. take care of your dogs because cats are trying to rule it. So, <laughs> what is it? Uh, where are my balls, Summer? Where are my balls? <laughs> my testicles. What have you done with them? <laughs> That's great. Some, uh, some cool, like, just side notes is uh, David Tennant plays the husband, Don, that owns the little kitten. David Tennant is the 10th Doctor. He's my favorite Doctor. Yeah. Yes! He's also the uh, Purple Man in Jessica Jones. Yes! He's been in a ton of things. But anyway, David Tennant does the voice for Don, the husband. He's, like that I said, he's bastard. not the cat. He's not the cat killer. He's the one that oh. owns the kitten. Okay. <laughs> and he is Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah. I always forget that, that he's in <laughs> Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor <laughs> Who. Uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also... Neil Gaiman voiced the like dead crow that like that appears to one of the cats when they're in the dreaming. That's yeah. Neil Gaiman's voice. Oh, I thought that was a vulture, but I mean, they said the cat said crow in the in the episode as well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I I thought it was a vulture, and then when I saw it, I was like, oh look, it's Conchu. I was like, oh <laughs> no, <nope>, that's the wrong. <laughs> uh, lastly, the actual runtime. So. Because this is one episode, but it's really two in one, I split these up. The actual runtime for this episode is 15 minutes, 43 seconds. Nice. I'm going to go ahead and throw in there that this is probably from Sandman issue 18. So if you have interest in this story, that's pro- I would go look for maybe that issue. I don't, I don't see why you would, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to what I thought was probably like I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this next episode. Um or next half of the episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is called Calliope. That's that's the name of whatever this ep- this thing is. This thing which tells time. Story. Story, <laughs> yes. So yeah, we've got the story of Calliope. Calliope is a muse. He's, she's a daughter of Zeus and the three in one apparently in this. This is an ex wife of Dream, and they had a baby together, and she is bound to a writer, and I can't, Arisimus, 
Fry? <laughs> is that his name? I can't. Oh, you're talking about the ori- original yeah. one? Yeah, the original oh, one. crap. They said his name, Aramus, er- er- I think. Aramus Fry. Yeah, we're going with that. Mr. Fryasm. Anyways. Fryasm. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Maddock, though, is a up-and-coming author. Uh, he looks like to be a college professor as well. He's having major, major writer's block. Is about to get in some really fin- bad financial trouble and winds up giving Mr. Fry something he's been wanting. And Fry passes on the muse Calliope. This is supposed to help him learn to, to get his, his juices his gr- flowing, to be able to write things. Back. Oh, don't say juices. Yes! That's so inappropriate, <laughs> considering what happens in this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. And then antics ensue, because, again, she's the ex of Dream, so, and apparently he may still have feelings for her. I don't know. Yeah. But, what was your well-meter on this, Jeremy? On, on this one, I was pleasantly wound. I enjoyed it. Got to see a little bit, a little bit more of what Dream can really do to, to mess you up. Yeah, so, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. Richard, uh, this episode, I think I'm pleasantly whelmed. I hate saying that because there's some just awfulness that happens in this episode, but yeah. the guy gets his just deserves. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll say I'm pleasantly whelmed by this. Okay, so as I'm watching it, it's going like really slow and I'm kind of like in this meh, like whelmed state. <laughs> because of the previous <laughs> part <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it was but I was just like oh this is going so slow and come on let's, let's get this I understand this guy's got problems he's ED I don't know so anyways <laughs> <laughs> but then when like dream shows up it like amps up and I am like overly whelmed like I fucking loved it when dream got in there and we start seeing him and he's like starting to fuck with this dude and just the way he talks to him and stuff like that and telling him to hold his tongue and like all I was just like yes my boy's Mm -hmm. up in the house like what's up bitch I'm home (laughs) (laughs) and I I love too like whenever he was talking like Dream first was talking to Rick whatever his name is and like even the sound effects like the music would like play this like dramatic and like whenever he would tell Rick to hush like it's you you felt it all when in that power basically coming from him and like shutting up Rick. What is up with y'all on the mu- y'all pay way too much attention to the music. I have no <laughs> idea. Like now I have to go rewatch this episode and listen to the music part. <laughs> I love it that y'all sit y'all hear this and y'all say these things because otherwise I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. Actually I am. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. I didn't hear that shit. <laughs> so First off, uh, Richard Maddock, or Rick Maddock, as he will be later on called. Uh, he's played by Arthur uh, Darville. He's Rory Williams or Rory Pond from Doctor Who. Yes! So a lot of Doctor Who people in, in the show. <laughs> also, the uh, Aramis Fry, he's Derek Jacoby. He played the master uh, for like a hot second during the David Tennant era. Oh, he's also in the Gladiator. He's he's like I looked him up on IMDb. He's got like 168 films. He's been in yeah. he's been in a ton of things. Oh, but wow. um, great great British actor with everything like British movies, television. They always like to include lots of British actors. Um, but the start of this, I I just wrote down a note. It's like whenever someone asks you to bring a hairball, and then you <laughs> arrive to their house. And they answer the door through a crack and say, are you alone? And you're like, yes, I've got the, I've got the stuff. And he says the line, 
well then, come in, dear boy. Come in. You run. You just you run. You don't. You don't. You don't stick around. You don't go into that person's house. You just leave. He totally changed his tune, didn't he? He went from "Who is this?" to "Oh, please come in. Can you know? Can I help you? Can I give you anything?" Like <laughs> yes. And then by the time they were leaving, he's like, "Get the fuck out! I never want to see you again." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except to get his uh his book mentioned or reprinted, whatever. So, yeah. And, you know, he mentioned, hey, you know, if you really want to thank me, you know, mention something to your editors about my book reprinted. We learned later on that he dies and he, that was like his last thing that he sent out was like trying to get his book reprinted. And he, uh, Mr. Fry, sits there and says something along the lines of writers are liars. So, like, do you think this is, is like, is Gaiman trying to say something at that point in time? Like, yeah. what's 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 going on here? I'm totally lost by it, but I feel like there's something because why would a writer say that all writers are liars? Well, I, like inherently to tell a good story, sometimes you have to stretch the truth. Okay, so I think I think that's what he's implying there. But yes, this is absolutely meta commentary of Gaiman being like writing's fucking hard. Like <laughs> it's so hard that you. Uh, have to take a muse against her will to get to get a good story, and like, yeah, it, it's it's definitely there's some sort of like, I don't know, like I said, meta commentary on that. So okay, when when dude like got is it sexually was he sexually frustrated? Did he just beat the shit out of her. Like I assumed he like went up there and raped her. I don't understand like because yeah. he had okay. the little mark on his face. Yeah, so it's uh, my note for that is just awful, just awful. Um, yes, he rapes her. Like, that's what's happening. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it, it happens in the comic. They don't, like, show, like, super detailed, but it's clearly obvious that he's taking her against her will, and that's what's implied when he goes up, and then the next scene shows him, like, typing away, and he's got, like, a scratch on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I figured, but I was just like, I don't know, I was like, I hopefully he just, like, <laughs> out, of the, out of the two situations, I hope he just beat her. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, you know? yeah. Like, it's fucking. Both of them are horrendous. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a lose lose situation. <laughs> like, you just right, like the less lesser of two evils kind of thing. Right, right. And it's not even lesser by a whole lot. Yeah. I don't guess. Like, no, it's not. But I was just like, oh, I hope he just beat her. Like, please don't, because that stuff makes me sick to my stomach. Honestly, like I, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh. But yeah, I was bored up until the point uh, the dream came in. Like that, yeah. and that's what I was like. I, this is all I need. Like him driving the guy to like have to write almost. Like he's he's got so many ideas then, but he has no pen and he has to like fucking chew on his fingers till they bleed. I don't know. And then like write the shit on a wall. Like I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. yeah. So in the show, it looks like he clawed until like his fingers were bloodied and then like the nails broke off. But in the comic, he did, he gnawed onto his fingers until there was like bones Ugh. and like Ugh. his writing on the walls. It's so fucked up. But also I love, they use once again, the dialogue straight from the comic, the line and Tom Sturridge, the guy that plays Dream, delivers it perfectly. He's like, then ideas you will have, ideas in abundance. Like, it's just great. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great, too. And just, like I said, given my well meter at the front, like, and agreeing with you, Michael, too, like, whenever Dream comes in and just 
it's just seeing more of just how much it's even just just a little glimpse of of how much power he has and like you get the idea in the first five episodes and they kind of say it that he's just like one of the most powerful or is the most powerful one and or is kind of debatable i guess they were like one of the most but uh just to see like what he can i mean getting into people's minds and and messing with them that much was just that was insane. Yeah, I mean, you kind of think of Sandman, you think of somebody weak. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think us little little peons or whatever. And like, <laughs> Gaiman took it to a whole nother level of like, it's kind of like when you hear Zack Snyder talk about Aquaman. Like, it was like, oh, everybody cracks on Aquaman about how he's a bitch, essentially. And it's like, Aquaman's like Superman, but under the ocean. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, fuck. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> So yeah, Gaiman kind of did the same thing though, like with Sandman. It was like, well, I mean, yeah, you, you think of Sandman, you happy little dreams because that fifty song or something like that. But no, he like also brings out nightmares. So well, check this out, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping they would go almost like a, a a Stephen King route, where like Stephen King wrote a lot of his books based off of his nightmares. Mm. And so I was hoping that like this dude was just going to have start having these most horrendous nightmares and like wind up going to the insane asylum or something. Like that's what I was hoping was going to happen. And I mean, I guess it kind of did that way, but like, well, even to me, even worse is he has no thought at all by the end of yeah. it. Like, and it the the comic it shows literally like just a white. There's like one small panel and it's just solid white. Like it's just blank. In other words, he has no thought in his head ever again. And I liked on that too, where Dream, like he, you know, he was asking, uh, "What's how, how you say it? Calliope? 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 Um, I know it's ridiculously <laughs> hard to remember. Yeah, like how he was asking her, like she said to you know make him make him stop, and like you know he he's like if that's what you really want, and she said it is. But I like that he's found like a, his own like little loophole in that where he just wiped him completely clean like he's not having mm-hmm. too many men- memories anymore so he kept that promise but he's still still screwed with him <laughs> oh yeah dude's done yeah. like yeah <laughs> i'm just like the revelation of knowing that dream was married yeah, oh, yeah and had a kid and like the correlation of that kid going to hell essentially and then the ties to that and joanna constantine in the earlier episodes like i don't know that was just that was crazy. Just so I was not expecting that, honestly. And I don't think it I don't think it plays out that way in the comics, or does it? What? What are you asking? Him being married to Calliope. Yes. And so slight spoilers. That is what he hires Joanna Constantine to do is something for his son. His son okay. is named Orpheus without an M. Instead of Morpheus, it's Orpheus. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's what he's named. <laughs> no, I was just joke here. I mean, <laughs> there is a, uh, it's horrible. Like I was looking it up today, what the store story is with that. It's, it's pretty bad. Like in other words, Morpheus is a real dick, <laughs> to, but anyway, we'll get into that whenever they talk about that episode or whenever they do that episode. Like he was a real dick to his son. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Poor buddy. Yeah. Um, real quick. There is a couple little like, well, there's just one Easter egg. We get a J.K. Rowling name drop, the writer of Harry Potter. When when he, he's having the like book release party at his house, one of his uh, agents is talking about like I forget what he says, but he he meant, he says Joe Rowling or 
he says Rowling, but he's referring to J.K. Rowling, the uh. author of Harry Potter. Also, when he was on the phone with his agent and they were talking about like, you know, it's been two years, you took the advance money and your book's nine months late, like, you better have it ready, otherwise they're going to ask their money back and I'm not going to represent you. <laughs> My note was like, is this how George R. R. Martin feels right now? Or <laughs> <laughs> He's thanking God that HBO Max money's coming in. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> And the last thing is just that this actual runtime for this episode was 44 minutes and 17 seconds. All right, then. What was the uh, the Thousand Cats? Did you... 15 minutes. Yeah, it was 15 minutes, 43 seconds. Okay. Uh, anything else? Nope. That's about all I got. All right, then. Well, Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, well, they can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO, and I will make sure to stream playing Guardians of the Galaxy this week to keep me honest and keep me uh, <laughs> true <laughs> on par. Yeah. <laughs> so, be looking for me on there. Awesome. And of course, find me here. Richard, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry, Night like day and night, and Curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, you can check us out under the name Comically Comics Podcast. Awesome. Check us out next time as we sit there and talk more Sandman and finish up this season one. You can find me on Instagram and eBay at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. With all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs> testicles, Summer. Where are my testicles, Summer? They were removed. Where have they gone? Oh, wow. That's an intense line of questioning, Snuffles. Do not call me that. <coughs> Snuffles was my slave name. You shall now call me Snowball, because my fur is pretty and white. <laughs>